This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So absolutely delighted to welcome on fans' favourite ex-Pooley, Gavin Houlihan. Welcome to HFC Chat, Gav. How are you keeping? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good, thanks. So we'll go right back to the start then. Initially, you signed for Pools in February 2019 from Waterford. I mean, how did the chance to trial come about and what attracted you to the club? Um, I suppose, yeah, I'd been playing back home for uh, about four or five years and I kind of had in my head that I wanted to give it another crack across the water and um, my agent is actually from Harleypool um, so he had a few kind of connections in the club and he would have known Higgy at the time who was uh, oh, what was his role at the time was it chief exec or something like that at the time so anyway yeah, it, was, it was kind of through him um, yeah just asked me to go in training um, for a week or two and um, yeah just kind of went from there and uh, didn't really look back then You've played under four managers in your time at the club. Who was your favourite to play under and why? Um, managers. Look, I'd, the obvious one would obviously um, be, be Charlie, obviously, because of the success we had, obviously. <laughs> I think everyone knows that he was, uh, you know, he was... He was uh, pretty uh, intense and you know and uh, you know and tough, but he he demanded a lot from the players. But look, it, it obviously got a success. Um, and then obviously, I suppose look when Sweeney took over interim charge, obviously you know uh, you know really enjoyed that. On after Higgy had left, um, Sweeney took over for oh god, I can't remember how many games it was, maybe seven or eight games, and mm. we actually had had a pretty decent record and we were playing some good stuff. So yeah, I enjoyed enjoyed that time as well. So just before we do get into some more serious questions, we've got a couple of less serious questions now. Ethan has asked, what's the best prank that has been played on a player during your time at Pills and who was the biggest joker? Best prank? Um, just trying to think now. I would say probably recently this year, obviously, when we first... Uh, I know it was around Christmas time when... Covid kind of started kicking off again, uh, and we, you know, we had to start the, you know, all the testing and stuff again. And I can't remember who it was, but somebody changed. Um, I think it was might have been Fergie's uh, 
his test so somebody actually drew another line on it like so obviously you get the two lines that means they're positive like and Fergie, I think it was Fergie and Fergie was absolutely flapping um, so yeah that was that was pretty funny we were all laughing at that um, Joker wise we were god who do we have in the team um, Shelts is always good value like he's just not even so much of a joker he's just I think you kind of laugh more at him than with him if you get me because um, he's just yeah he's a bit of space cadet like so I would say uh, Shells, Shells gave us the best laughs, I think, you know. Now, when we did advertise that you were coming on the podcast, Gav, there was a bit of an interaction with uh, Marcus Carver. And we've got a question here from Ben McMorris. And answer this as truly and as honestly as you can. Um, oh. Is it true that Marcus Carver has mint crack? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he comes out with some shockers, cars, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, but yeah, great lad, really top lad. Um, but yeah, just uh, you know, his banter wasn't on sometimes, and the boys let know about it, which was pretty funny. Right, well, we'll move back on to the more serious questions, I suppose. Do you have a favourite goal from your time at the club that just sticks in your memory? Uh, God, favourite goal. Um, I don't know, you know. Um, I had a couple of ones like obviously I scored a decent one uh, what was it Barrow at home um, a couple of seasons ago that was a decent strike I would I would probably say maybe the Carlisle one yeah. uh, last last season that was probably my best one um, and just because like the atmosphere and obviously it's a bit of a bit of a local derby as well so um, yeah the place was actually rocking as well so that was probably one of my favourites um, but then yeah look you, you, you get like ones like I suppose the only tint on it was the, the goal against the Oval, which was just literally mm-hmm. a tap in, like at like last last kick of the game. Um, and the only I suppose tint on it was the fact that it was in front of an empty stadium. Like, but um, mm-hmm. you know, I've got I've got a, f- a few, but I would probably say the Carlisle one last season. How did it feel when you first heard us singing "We've Got an Irish Midfielder"? That chance certainly gathered momentum, didn't it? Yeah, it was mad, really. Um, I think it was more so like. I'd heard it a couple of times, but then it was before the, the, the playoff final in Bristol last year. I remember watching videos um, the night before the game, like and just seeing uh, you know everyone in Millennium Square and that song just being belted out, and and then even all the boys in the hotel just couldn't stop singing it, like cause it was just stuck in everyone's head. Um, so yeah, it's a proper proper catchy one, probably one of the best best uh, football songs I've, I've ever heard. Anyway, so whoever's thought it up is a bit of a genius. I mean, you've talked there about the fans and COVID, etc. earlier on. I mean, can you give us an insight into what it was like playing during COVID with a lack of supporters in the ground and how difficult was it, especially with the success we were having? It was crap, to be honest. Like, I'll be honest with you. It was... It just, yeah, it wasn't the same. Look, somehow we, you know, we managed to um, get through the season and have a successful season. But, um, yeah, I think... Ugh, God, it would, have been, it would have been a lot better to, to do it in front of a packed packed house at the Vic um, but I suppose look that fans kind of came back towards the end of the season and, and you know I suppose they helped kind of push us over the line so but um, yeah that's probably the only the only negative about that season is that the, the fans weren't there for the, the majority of it Right Gav talk us through Bristol the days leading up to it the playoff campaign as a whole and what it meant to have fans back and to be able to celebrate with everyone in the Millennium Square Yeah that was just crazy time like obviously the the anniversary that was there was it last week and mm. just crazy obviously then just kind of meshing some of the boys um just kind of saying 
I can't believe it's it's been a year already. Like I remember it like it was yesterday. To be honest, um, just some buzz like this. The game itself was just crazy. The build up to the game, but um, yeah, the game obviously was a bit of a roller coaster. And then to win it like we wanted, um, yeah, I've never really felt felt like felt anything like that. To be honest, in you know in my life or in my career, like and then the celebrations after in Millennium Square was just was just carnage because there was nowhere else to go like it, obviously it was kind of few restrictions were still in place because of COVID everywhere was kind of closed by the time we we, we got back to the hotel and got and got ready and whatever um, so yeah we just had to kind of make do and everyone just made do and just just invaded Millennium Square and uh, that was one of the best nights I've had like it was it was ridiculous and I think all the boys will, will echo that they all kind of uh, speak so highly about that night that was uh, pretty special like We've got a extra question that relates to the celebrations in Bristol afterwards. But one thing that we asked Fergie when he came on the pod last week was the whole thing about when Kovalan equalises. What was the mindset like? What was the feeling amongst the squad? I mean, it must have been so difficult to you know be picking back up and and go again. Yeah, like I just remember personally because I just come off um, probably just to try and run the clock down a bit, mm. like and just thinking we're we're there, like we've we've done it. And I remember, yeah, when I seen him, that big dope come up and I just like, oh my God, like here we go now. And then he's obviously see him get, like, get onto the end of the throw-in and the ball get into the back of the net and I was devastated. I think I think there's a picture of me, I just kind of sink down like in between two rows of seats cause I, and I just literally just lay on the floor looking up at the sky for about two minutes, mm. just thinking, oh, why has this happened? Like, um, And then you, look, obviously naturally you just think the momentum's going to be with them. Like when I keeper comes up and literally scores with the last kick of the game you just think it's probably written in the stars for them but um, yeah you, could, you, could, you can't speak highly enough of the rest of the boys and the boys who actually came off the bench and made, made an impact um, gave us fresh legs and the ones who are obviously still on the pitch just found something from from somewhere to keep digging in and keep uh, keep pushing on we managed to get it to penalties and then look it's, it's a lottery then and just yeah thankfully it was uh, the luck was on our side that day Many people have also said about the thud when James has tipped it onto the bar. Is that is that something that will just stick in your mind forever, like it will with the rest of us? Oh, unbelievable! Like I've tried to kind of explain. People have asked me, like, but I can't really explain that that like exact moment because it was like a, it was almost like it just it just went into slow motion. Um, bit of a like our body experience. Like mm. I've, I've never felt anything like it, and then just that ecstasy then obviously once you realise that that he's kept it out and it's you know it's come back off the crossbar um, and then yeah I've, I never ran so, so fast in my whole life to go over to the far side of the pitch and and then you just see just a swarm of like thousands of poolies just like running towards you like and people just like just literally just running into each other and just like oh, it was like something from a from a war movie like it was yeah it was absolutely insane like oh exactly moments that will live with us forever Back to the celebrations in Bristol. Last question that we've got for that. Darren Dredge has asked, how much did you actually drink that night? Quite a lot, yeah. A lot, yeah. I remember, I'm fairly sure, I think it was Jono was walking around with like a bottle of Sambuca or something like that and just pouring it into people's mouths and stuff like, which was like, yeah, just made me feel a bit sick. Like, but yeah, we had a, we had a heavy night. Like it was a proper heavy night. We were still going even when we went back to the, the hotel later on that, uh, that night. And then, yeah, and then look, we had the the parade. Then a couple of days later, um, which is again another heavy night and another you know brilliant celebration. Like so, um, yeah, there are memories that'll you know stick with me forever. 
What did it mean to you to pull on the famous blue and white jersey? You really did seem to be one of us. I loved it. It meant a lot to me, and I think I've said this a couple of times. Obviously, I kind of moved moved around a few clubs back in Ireland, and um, I suppose was looking for a bit of a home. And you know, I, I was lucky enough to find that um, at the pools, and um, you know, everyone wel- welcomed me in, and you know, I felt felt a part of the club and a part of the town, and. Um, yes, it's, it's something that I love. It's kind of hold close to my heart, and something that I, you know I look back in unbelievably fond memories. Yeah, I mean you've touched there on how much it meant to you. I mean, what a moment it was when you scored post first goal back in the FL. I mean, it must have been such a special moment for you. How was it putting it in the back of the net and hearing the vicar erupt as you ran over to celebrate? Yeah, again, that's another memory that would stick with me for a while because. Um, I remember we'd actually played pretty decent that day and we just couldn't really have that breakthrough. And you were kind of thinking, oh, it's going to be a bit of an anti-climax if we just peter out to a 0-0 draw here. So um, to be able to grab the winner, um, you know, with only a few minutes left and then obviously go go sliding on my knees over towards the northwest corner was was pretty uh, pretty special like, and, and something that would stick in my mind. like. Just talk us through that goal against Carlisle at home. What it felt like to score in such a big game in a packed out Victoria Park. Yeah, like I touched on earlier, it was I think it was one of the biggest crowds that you know the club has seen for for quite a while. Um, so yeah, it was it was absolutely bouncing. You could you could sense it um, before the game, even just coming out to warm up. Like the stadium was pretty much full already and. That's something we weren't kind of weren't really accustomed to as much. Um, Carlisle obviously brought you know a massive following as well. They, you know they added to the atmosphere and um, yeah, just just one of them. I think uh, I think I'd gone for I think I'd gone to try and get a short like just a, I think Sterry was on the on the throw in and I remember kind of running over to kind of give him a little bounce pass back to him and he just told me to basically fuck off into the box basically <laughs> and um, yeah lucky enough he did so I kind of just made my way into the box and um, yeah just kind of headed down to me and managed to get decent control on my chest and then just just trying to kind of guide it guide it into into the corner and you know <laughs> luckily it went in but no that was a you know a special feeling as well especially because I think it was it might have been Buster's last game yeah. um, as well and I remember or I think he had, no sorry he had just announced that he was leaving so um, we had all kind of said before the game, like you know, whoever scores, make sure you kind of run to Buster. So, um, <laughs> lucky enough, it was me, and he was he was the first man I was running to. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's an image that went round a lot on Twitter, and I'm I'm sure you'll have seen it of all the lads um, running across to Buster. It was such a special moment. I think Shelts ran down because at the moment at that time you weren't um, sitting in the dugout either. So I think he ran down from the seats, and everyone went. Yeah, to yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that was an extremely special moment. Not only beating. Um, a team that obviously there's quite a rivalry, probably more between the fans and the clubs. But um, it was it was such a fantastic goal as well. Being on the Millhouse Terrace, seeing that going at the angle it did was absolutely incredible. But we just move on to the next question now, and one that's probably a lot of Pools fans would really like to know the answer to is: Do the squad and did you personally feel a huge sense of responsibility knowing the expectations that we have as supporters every time you come out to represent Pools? Definitely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. You can, you can feel it because I think you know, you know how much it means to, you know, everyone in in the town. Um, so yeah, you you know you have to kind of carry that that burden with you and, and realize that you've got a responsibility and you can, I suppose, make or break some people's weekends. Um, 
So yeah, we felt that every time we went out to play, and I think you you could see it in in our performances. Um, you know, I think everyone. I think that's why we had our, the success. You know, we might not have had the best team in you know in in the league or whatever, but we always gave gave everything for the shirt and gave everyone everything for the town. So um, you know, that was always in the back of our minds, and I suppose ultimately that's why we had the success we've had. You've touched on it a few times throughout this episode, but looking back at your time with Pools, what are your fondest memories that you take with you? Um, well, look, I suppose the the obvious one is the is the playoff final, um, and just the celebrations after that. And, and I suppose, look, being able to being able to celebrate with with all you lot, all the, you know, all the fans who had kind of stuck with us, the club had gone through some like tough times over the past you know few years and you could kind of sense how much it meant to 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 everyone involved with the club so to be able to celebrate like not just us as a, as a team but to be literally in amongst it um especially like you know in millennium square in amongst it with all the fans was was um yeah that that was pretty special that's something that i'll, I'll always look back on we'll just wrap up this episode with this guy i mean it's important to say how many fans have, have commented when we've asked for questions, but just on wishing you the best, how you've been the favourite player at the club, how delighted they are to see you back in the Football League after getting promotion with Grimsby. I mean, the excitement levels went through the roof when we announced that you were joining us. We had loads of messages on both the podcast account, personal accounts. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have a final message for the Pulse supporters? Um, yeah, look, I suppose I... I've said this like a couple of times, and obviously, obviously, when I ended up leaving, I can't thank them all enough from the bottom of my heart. Obviously, they, like I said, you've welcomed me into the club, and you've made me feel um, like one of your own. Um, so that is something that I suppose every footballer is kind of is is kind of looking for. Um, and I, you know, I managed to find it, and um, yeah, it was just 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 really special times, and you know, the the, the fans played a massive part in that, and. Um, you know the success that we had. Um, you know memories that will last a lifetime. And look, it doesn't matter where where I go or where my career takes me. I'll always be, I'll always be a pool supporter and always be looking out for him. Well, Gav, that's absolutely fantastic, and and the insight that you've been able to give both us who are producing the podcast and the the fans that are going to be listening to it. So thank you very much for your time. We look forward to seeing you back at the Vic um, in the near future, and I'm sure, you, as you say, you'll you'll let forever be a Pulley. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.